Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Okay, good evening again, everyone. Welcome to our third conference on the prodigal son, Journeying Home to the Father. This is our third and last installment of, of the three-part series on, on, on the prodigal son. Um, thank you for joining me, and I hope it's been spiritually enriching and, and insightful for you as, as it has been for me. Um, so, so let us just take a moment to remember that we are always in God's holy presence and, um, and ask him to, to open our hearts to, to receive all that he has um, in store for us um, this evening. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of our life and our faith, and most importantly, for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and our minds so that we may receive all that you wish to give to us, all the graces that you wish for us to, to experience. May your love lead us home to you today and every day, you who, if you're, who with your Son and Holy Spirit, are God forever and ever. Amen. Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so just a quick, um, very quick recap on, on um, so far. So last week we did, um, so two weeks ago when we first started, we, we talked about the departure when the younger son left home and and, and went to a faraway place and, and really hit rock bottom. And he finally realized what he was doing was was really not what what was um, what what was best for him. And so he he returned home. And then last week we talked about the encounter, the encounter when the younger son and the father embraced, and, and where there was reconciliation and forgiveness, and um, and communion. And then we left off with um, the older son, you know, because because we're told in the very beginning that this man had two sons. So what about the older son? And that's where we will be going into today is the is uh, is called the invitation where we see resistance and also humility. So let us hear this third part of this parable. Now the older son has been had been out in the field and on his way back as he neared the house he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, look, all these years I served you 
And not once did I disobey your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes for him, you slaughtered the fattened calf. He said to him, my son, you are with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Now let's just take a few a few moments to to um, savor the the words and 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 to see if there are any parts that um, that strike us more deeply and and which which we resonate more with. So let's just take a few um, a, a few moments with that. Alrighty, so let's let's dive right into um, into this this um, seemingly um, filled with lots of tension, really, um, and see what what our Lord might have in store for us um, this evening. Okay, so <clears throat> um, now the older son had been out in the fields. And on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. Now, let's just take a step back and then see, well, what could the older son have been doing all this time that, that his brother has been away? We, we saw how, what the father may have, may, what, the, what he may have done last week, you know, waiting for his son, praying. And, but, but, but we never really think about the older son. So what could he have been doing all this time? You know, um, you know, many people they think, well, you know, this son was a good son. They stayed behind. They they they, they worked on the farm in the fields, and 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 he stood by his father's side. You know, so he was the he was the um, the one that was obedient and was very uh, dutiful. But you know, what what could have been going on in, inside his heart? Right? Was he just been doing his job all this time, just working? Balancing the balance sheets, you know what? What? What could he been doing? You know, um, was there some unresolved tension or some anger even? Um, now, this first phrase that I highlight is is out in the field. You know, just as he just as a younger son was in a distant country, this older son was out in the field. At face level, that may seem very good. He's working for his dad. So he's out in the field. Okay. But we will come to see that maybe this this is there's something deeper to this, right? You know, what what could he have been consumed with all this time? Working? Working day in and day out, and 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 that and, and that's it, right? 
was was he upset at his brother for leaving? Jealous, maybe even that he could have his freedom. Disappointment in him. Was he holding on to grudges? We're told he was on his way back. Yes, we read that he was on his way back from the fields. Yes, but but let us look deeper. Where where was he really? Where was he really? And where is he going back? Not just the physical house that, that we are reading here, but 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 where has the older son been mentally, spiritually, emotionally all this time? And where is it that he is really going back to now? What is it? He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. I guess he thought it was unusual or weird that, wait, why is there music? Why is there dancing? Why is there, was it unusual to be celebrating in, in, in this house? I, 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 I don't think it was unusual because it, it, if you think about the father, the type of man that, that he, he is that we saw last week, he is one that is full of love and mercy, one that treats even his workers like a son, right? Giving them more than enough food to eat. So there must be a, oh, there, it must be an ongoing celebration in this house. Just to being there, just being there should be in itself a, a gift. So it shouldn't be unusual for, for, for any celebration to take place in this house. But why did this older son find it so weird and unusual that they were celebrating, dancing, and singing. Why? Yeah, I, I, I can't just imagine that this house was dead. It, 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 it must be full of life because of who the father, how the father is in, in, in this home, you know? So, 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 Let's let's really see what 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 this could what could really be underlying all of this. And the servant said to him, "Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him home back safe and sound." Let us take a minute here to think to imagine what the scene might have looked like. How did the servant respond? Was he excited, full of joy? Like, hey, we're having a party, you know, because your brother came home. You know, I, 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 I can always sense that, 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 that there was this, you know, that he was so excited that the first thing he said was he, that there was so much joy that even the fattened calf was slaughtered. You know, there, is a, there is great reason for rejoicing here. That's what the servant is telling him, that there is something big happening, something going on here. You know, the servant himself realized that this was a momentous event in this home here. So important that a sacrifice was offered. A sacrifice. Why not just say, oh, he, he you know, we, we cooked him a grand meal. But no, he slaughtered the fattened calf. A sacrifice was made. 
The servant is telling the brother that the younger brother's return, the younger brother is worth this sacrifice. And so was he. And so is all of so are all of us worth it. We are worth slaughtering the fattened calf. Because that's what the father did. Right? The father slaughtered the fattened calf in this parable, but also on the cross for all of us. So the servant saw this. The servant realized this. But did the older son? We're told he became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. But why was he angry? Why was he angry? What, what did this have to do with him that made him angry? Right? The elder son was unable to enter into the celebration because of his hardness of heart. What about the servant's message angered him? What part, what part of this could have angered him? It's all good news, right? It's all joyful news. Why was there anger? Maybe there was a heart, there was hard feelings in his um, heart against his brother and maybe even his father. You know, angry with, with his brother's departure. Angry with being needing to do all the work around here, but actually no, right? Because they have servants. The older son didn't need to really do much. So maybe, maybe he was upset that after a long day of work, there was so much noise that he just wanted to come home and rest. Maybe I don't know. Why was there anger? Why was there these strong negative emotions? Have we ever received news that caused us to be angry? And I think usually when I think back on my own experience, whenever I receive what is seemingly good news and I become angry, it's because of what? There's jealousy, right? I envy the person for whom that good news was about. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. But despite all this, what happens? The father comes out. The father comes out and pleads with the brother. He comes out. Despite all of this, this despite this seemingly pettiness, the father comes out to meet him. Again, just like last week when, when we see the father running towards the son coming home, um, we see here that the father again goes to the older son to plead with him. So our God is a God who comes to us. And God always comes to us even in our hardness of hearts. He comes to us time and again. So what does, what does this interaction look like now? Now last week we saw this moving encounter right of of embracing right of 
of, of deep embracing. But not so with, um, with the older son. There was, there was no, you know, so, so this is, he, he said to this father in reply, look, all these years I served you and not once did I disobey your orders. The first word that came out of his mouth was what? Was look, look. Not, hey, dad. I mean, even I was taught, even if, if I was angry at someone, I, I must be respectful, right? I'll say, oh, hey, dad, or, or hey, so-and-so, right? I, I, but, but this son, he, he said, look. His first words were, look. All these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. He seems to be commanding his father, look. Right? And let's take a look at this, I served you. What? What is this? Um, what what kind of bond do we see here? What is the son's relationship with the father? Right? It should be a father-son relationship, but but this son couldn't see that. The son only saw the father as employer, and he as employee. In his eyes, there was no father, only boss, only someone who I need to be accountable to for my work. Right. I served you. But the father is trying to tell him, you know, you're my son. You're my son. You're not my worker. You're my son. So the son sees himself only as an employee in relation to the father. You know, and, and you can see here, there's this, there's this sense of entitlement, Right. I work so hard all day and all night, and I come back, and where, where's my calf? Where's my party? Where's my celebration? Where, where's, where's my um, reward? I stayed when, when your other son left. I stayed here. Where is my celebration? Right. I, think some, I think sometimes we, we can see that in our own lives, too. That sometimes we we think we deserve things. We oh we we deserve a day off, right? I work so hard. I deserve this, right? Yes, there's there's some truth to that. Yes, but 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 if we look at it from a sense of entitlement, then then no, right? We are we are never deserving of anything if we think it is because. We earned it with our own hands, and 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 that, and that God owes it to us. God owes us nothing. He doesn't owe us, owe us anything. But this this son, this older son, sees that he does. He is owed something, and he is upset now that his his hard work is seemingly being looked over. But this son doesn't know who he, who he is. He has lost his identity, just like, just like his brother. He lost who he was. When he goes out into the field, he has forgotten that he was son. And he didn't know the father. He may have stayed home all, these, all this time, but he didn't really know the father. He stayed, but where was his heart? 
sometimes we can see that in our own lives. We may be there physically, but where is our heart, right? Sometimes our heart's not there. And this son, though he may have been physically at his father's house, his heart was not there. He didn't know who his father was, and he didn't know who he was himself. So he too had journeyed off to a distant country, not a physical country, not a physical journeying, but a journeying in the heart, a journeying that is even much more difficult to return to than the younger son, the journeying away from God in one's own heart. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is a, a much more difficult journey than, than the younger son. Why? Because this son doesn't even know that he has gone away. This older son doesn't even think he did anything wrong. This older son didn't even think, doesn't even think that, you know, there's anything wrong with him. And I think that's the hardest part. And, and, and those of us who have worked with people who, who may be experiencing some addiction, or, 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 or some other problems that, 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 that the, the denial is so deep that they can't see anything else. This older son was so deep in his own denial, so deep in his journeying way that, that bitterness has settled, in, has settled in his heart. And that bitterness is, is, is harder than anything else to to repair. And the, and the son continues, right? So the son continues. He says, you know, all these years I worked for you and not once that I disobey your orders. And yet you never gave me even a goat, a young goat to feast on with my friends. Okay, well, okay, fine. Did he ever ask? Right? Did, did, did he ever ask for a young goat to feast with his friends? Or has he even brought his friends home? Or was this place only a workplace and not really where, where, um, where, where he would bring his friends to? We don't know, right? We don't really know exactly um, what the older son really sees his place as. Is it just some place that he works nine to five? And then goes back and then showers and eats and then sleeps. Is this even his home? And we can see this within our own spiritual lives. Do we expect God to just provide? Well, yes, we do, right? Because, because we're told that, that, that he provides. Yes, of course. But we must ask. We must ask. Jesus says in the gospel, seek and you will find, ask and you shall receive, right? And knock and the door will be open to you. But, but we, we must ask. We must ask. And that asking is really what? It's our prayer life. It is our deep, intimate, one-on-one relationship. Relationship with the Father, with God. And I... I am convinced that there is no way, there is no way that this father would not have treated 
this older son and his friends if he went to him. There is no way. We can see how generous this father is, even to his, his workers. There is no way that the older son would not have been treated 10 times better. This is his distorted reality. This is coming from a place of bitterness. This is coming from a place of jealousy. This is coming from a place where there is no relationship with the father. This man does not see the father as father. And he doesn't, and he has not nurtured any rapport with him. That is why perhaps he feels so distant and so cold. Because again, right? The father and God won't, won't force himself into us. He won't. Because he loves us. Because he loves us, he gives us that freedom. So, 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 so the father won't really force the older son to, to do what he doesn't want to. And the older son has clearly chosen this part, right? God does provide. The father does provide. But we must always ask. We must ask. Um, I have a quote here from um, St. Peter Chrysologus about um, this line here about how the older son stands outside and the father and the other people are, 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 are inside celebrating. And, and this is what um, he says about it. It stands outside because jealousy of jealousy. It doesn't want to wish to enter. Through jealousy, it remains outside. In horror, it judges its Gentile brother by its own ancient customs. And meanwhile, it is depriving itself of its father's goods and excluding itself from his joys. Now, let me explain this a little bit. It has been the tradition that we see that this parable, that the older son represents the Pharisees, the Jewish people who, who refuses to accept Jesus, who refuses to accept the good news. They choose to stand by their ancient customs, as we can see here, right? And he judges them. And, 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 and they're unable to see what our Lord is trying to bring to them. The Lord is trying to bring to them great joy and great love and, 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 and great gifts. But because they're so stubborn that they deprive themselves of the goods of the Father and the joys that comes from him. You know, and if you can remember, there's a passage as well. It talks, talks about putting new wine in old wineskins. It, it, it won't work. Or sewing a, a patch of, uh, of new clothing onto old or vice versa. It, it, it doesn't work. Right? You cannot judge the Gentile brother by his own ancient customs. We cannot judge the old. We cannot judge the new with the standards of the old. Right? It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't make any sense. And so we can see here how the older brother re representing the Pharisees that, that he is unwilling 
unwilling to to um, to see past themselves. I'm not sure if you listened to today's gospel at mass, but it was, it was about the Pharisee and the tax collector, right? How how the how the tax collector goes in with his head bowed down on the floor and didn't even dare look up. But this Pharisee says, "You know, I am thankful that I am not like that tax collector." Judging, judging, and he really wasn't praying to God; he was praying to himself. And so, my brothers and sisters, we need to look at our, at our own behaviors. Do our behaviors convey to other people that we are Christ? That we are Christians? Or do other people see us as, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're traditional, they're old-fashioned, they, they um, you know, they, they're not Christian, they're not good people. What do our actions tell us about ourselves? And the and 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 the older son wasn't even done yet. So he says, you know, I work all this time, yet you don't even give me anything. And now, when your when your son returns, who sold up your property with prostitutes. So there, this is a there is a whole lot of going on over here. There's a whole lot. Let's take this apart real quick. First, your son. Wow. This distancing from the family, your son, and parents can attest to this. Sometimes when 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 they're upset, they'll say, "This son of yours did this," right? In the same way, he's saying, "Your son." Not my brother, but your son, your son, swallow up your property with prostitutes. How did he know? How did he know that his brother used the inheritance on this? How did he know? We know because of the, the gospel, right? But, but how would he know? He wouldn't. He was judging. He was being judgmental. He assumes the behavior of his brother. That's not from a place of love, right? That's from a place of jealousy. Jealousy and anger and, 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 and unforgiveness. When your son, when your son Have, have have we sometimes um, done that in, in in our own lives? Have we have we assumed other people's behaviors, other people's backgrounds, other people's just by how they look, how they speak, how they behave? I know I've been liable. I've done that. But we know it's, it's wrong, right? You know, because we are really just projecting something about ourselves onto, onto that person. And, it's, and it, doesn't, it doesn't come from a place of love. It doesn't. 
And here is the next part is 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 even more more telling. He says again, so when your son returns to swallow your property with prostitutes for him, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. For him you slaughter the fattened calf. Again, making that separation. For him, you did this all for him, for him. What about me? He doesn't believe his brother deserved this sacrifice, this party, this celebration. But he thinks he does. Right? This boy who comes home using up all your money on these prostitutes, you give him this sacrifice? When he should be giving it to me, I worked hard for you. I worked hard for you. But what couldn't he see? He couldn't see that this sacrifice was made for him too. It's made for all everyone. The servants enjoyed it. Relatives, friends, they it was for all. But he couldn't see that. If it was just for him, would the father have come out and pleaded with him and say, please come in? No. If, if it was, was an, an exclusive party, would he be throwing it in a public place that is common to the entire family? No. Again, coming from a place of envy and jealousy. And Jesus came for all. Greek, Jews, Gentiles, non-believers for everyone. He came for everyone. This feast, this celebration, heaven. This heaven is for everyone. God wants all of us to be with him in paradise. We must always remind ourselves of it, that, that Jesus didn't just come for me. He came for all of us. And we must tell people that. We must tell others of this great news of how Jesus came, not just for the Jewish people, but for all. You can see it here in this parable, too, that this celebration was for all, not just the elder, not just the younger son, but for the elder son, too, and for the workers, the servants, and the slaves. And the relatives and the neighbors. It, it, it wouldn't make sense if it was a sacrifice and celebration, if, it, if, if, if it's just a father and younger son. It wouldn't make any sense, right? It was just a celebration for everyone. But in his hardness of heart, he couldn't see that. But the father doesn't give up. What does he say to him? He says, He said to him, My son. You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. Even when the older son calls, says to him, look, and sees him only as a boss, the father calls him my son. Here too, we can see the father is reminding him of who he is. You're my son. He reminds the, the, the older son that, that, that he has an important part of this family. 
and that everything that he has belongs to him. You know, everything I have is yours and you are with me. You are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. He couldn't see it. He only saw separation and darkness. He, did, he, 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 he didn't want to see the light. He didn't want to see the, the, the communion, the reconciliation. He, 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 wanted, he wanted none of that. He wanted his own inheritance, seemingly. But couldn't he see? Couldn't he see that by the very fact of the father giving the younger son his share, that he was reserving everything else for him? Couldn't he see that? That that very act in the beginning, when the father gave the younger son his shared inheritance, he really was also giving to the older son everything else. But he couldn't see this. He couldn't see this because his heart was blinded by jealousy and anger. Everything I have is yours. So instead of relishing in that love and receiving it all this time, he worked begrudgingly because he didn't know his father. My brothers and sisters, God gives us grace upon grace. Do we choose to receive it? Do we choose to receive this inheritance that the Father has, is giving to us? Or do we not? The Father continues, but now we must rejoice and celebrate. Right? There is a need for now. We live in the present moment, my son, he says. Right? Live in the present now. And there's this urgency, there's this immediacy. And this reminds us of when Jesus preaches, right? Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand, it's at hand, right? There is this sense of urgency. Because honestly, if I had something good, I wouldn't want to wait to share. I want to share it right away, right? And this is what the Father is saying. Now we must celebrate. The sacrifice have been made. We must go and receive it. We must go and receive it with joy. How can we not celebrate for having been so loved? How? Does it make any sense? But of course, when we put ourselves in the shoes of the older son, we can see how. If we always look at it from an angle of, of, of entitlement, of, 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 of earning this love, earning all this. But we don't have to earn God's love. He just gives it to us. 
but we must choose to receive it. And here is the very last line in our um, in the parable. Why must why must why was why must we now celebrate and rejoice? Because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. We rejoice because of this one brother has returned. And this brings us back to the previous verses. Um, in When we talk about the lost sheep, our Lord says, I tell you, in just the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. The Father rejoices each time we choose to return to him. Each time we choose to pray, each time we choose to go to confession, each time we choose to go to mass, each time we choose to treat others with love and kindness, heaven rejoices. But not only heaven, but we too must rejoice. Right? And this is what the father was so trying to tell him that that son, our family is not complete without you. We need you to, to come and rejoice with us. Because without you, we're not a family. But unfortunately, there is no, and they live happily ever after. We're not told what the older son ultimately chooses to do. Unlike the two other lost and found parables, we do not have a seemingly straightforward happy ending here. And, 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 and that's very telling because this invites us to put ourselves into the parable. Will we choose to go in and celebrate? Or will we continue to stay outside and say, no, I deserve better. I deserve a fan calf. I, I, I deserve all these things, and I am not going in until I get it. Or can we see, wow, all these things that I want, I, I really have already. Because the father said, everything I have is yours. Can I see that, right? And so I want to take a look now at, um, at this picture here. Let's take a look at, at, at Rembrandt's rendition of the prodigal son, right? We can see here again, last week we talked about how the the father hunches over and embraces the prodigal. And how there are two different hands, a seemingly fatherly one and a motherly, more feminine, you know, one 
because you know within this father we can we can see both that he is firm but he is also tender we can also see the older son who um if if, if you look closely we can see that they're even separated by platforms he refuses to enter into that embrace he refuses to enter into that embrace. And in fact, he stands up there with his hands clasped, looking down, looking down at this moving encounter. And again, we're told that the older brother represents the Pharisees who... Um, from, from from the very beginning of the gospels has show, has has decided to to harm Jesus to harm him so now i i i i just, I just want you I, I want to invite you to to just look at this painting for a minute or two look at it put yourself into the picture and ask the lord to open your heart to what he might want to be, what what he might be trying to tell you, um, in this image. So we just, so we just take a take, take a minute or two, okay. Our brothers and sisters, are we holding on to any grudges ourselves? Are there people who have hurt us that we have chosen to not forgive? Are there some things, some unresolved tension that that still causes us to 
to not open our hearts to the Lord in a way that that we know we ought to. You know, I, I just want to take this final part of um, our time together um, to, to talk a little bit about forgiveness, reconciliation, and the hardness of hearts because it, it, it's something that I think the parable is really trying to tell us the importance of and something, something that, that that really plagues our society today is 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 this lack of forgiveness and this lack of desire for reconciliation so i just want to talk a little bit about the, the difference what what you know what is forgiveness and what is reconciliation growing up and and perhaps many of us still now I, I, I think we we have the misunderstanding that forgiveness means that two people must forgive each other. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is is is, is between you and God, just just the two of you. Because forgiveness sets us free, right? Because if you if, if, if we think about this, whenever we hold grudges, who's really suffering there? The person who we're mad at? Or is it, or, or is it ourselves? In my own experience, it's, it's me. I'm the one who, who suffers, who, who seemingly can't move on from 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 this um, unfortunate event, it, 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 it's me, and 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 I come to see how by holding on to the, on to this grudge, but by not forgiving, by not moving on, that that it eats away at me. It, it eats away inside of me, that that I I I become more irritable, I become more impatient, and 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 it's just not who I'm called to be. And so forgiveness is, 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 is really between God and ourselves. You know, and, and our heart is saying, Lord, I forgive so-and-so for, for hurting me. That's forgiveness. Forgiveness does not require the, the other person to receive it or to know about it. Of course, if you would like, you could tell them you forgive them. But forgiveness does not require the consent, if you will, of the other. And 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 reconciliation. So so forgiveness is always possible because it's up to us. Do I want to forgive? It is always possible. But reconciliation is not. That's a sad part. The sad part is that. Reconciliation is not always possible because if you take a look again at the parable that, that, that we have just gone through these past three weeks, the father forgives the younger son. The father forgives the older son. That's why he comes out to plead with him. But is there reconciliation? Yes, there is between the older, the, the, the father and the younger son. But is a reconciliation between the father and the, and the older son, and between the older son and the younger son? 
You don't know. So reconciliation, that is what, that requires both parties to be reconciled with one another, right? As much as we may want it, it's not always possible. You know, I, I, I think about a, a time in my own life. There are some people that I've hurt in my own life. I mean, not intentionally. You know, I, I, I did not intend on hurting these people in, in my life, but, but I in, inevitably did. I asked for forgiveness and it was given. But there was no reconciliation. There are people in my life who we once shared this deep intimacy, this deep friendship, this deep love that is no longer possible. And I'm still working on that. I'm, I'm still working on trying to move on from, from that from, from, from that pain. And and it's 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 complicated and and and, and it really it it, it 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 pains your heart, I know. And you may also have some similar um, event in in your own life that maybe you wish there was reconciliation. Sometimes it's not possible. And and who knows? Maybe down in the future, these people who I have hurt unintentionally might. May, we may reconcile. I don't know. I, I, I can pray for it. In in a similar way, at the same time, these people have also hurt me in a way that that maybe they don't know. So then, it's my response. Oh, well, if you don't want to re reconcile, then I don't want to forgive you either because you hurt me, and and there's a reason why I should forgive you. Like, again, that goes back to to just enslaving myself to to this unhealthy cycle of, of sinful pattern, right? And it does no one good. But what I can do, you know, and, you know, I, I, I pray every day for reconciliation between these people um, in my life, you know, but, 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 but this, you know, for a very long time, I've been praying, you know, I, you know, I, I pray that we, we can reconcile. But more and more, as as a year has has gone by, you know, I my prayer has shifted from have shifted from Lord, please let us reconcile to Lord, may Your will be done in our lives in this relationship, in in this friendship. If 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 it is Your will that we reconcile, praise God. If it's not, I'm grateful for for the friendship that I've shared with this person and. And I ask you to to bless them, right? And and it takes a lot of it takes a lot of courage and a lot of work spiritually and, and a lot of 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 um of faith to do that. And it takes a lot of time, you know. The, you know, and 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 I I, I I can only encourage you to to during during this Lenten season. To forgive. 
and 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 don't just say okay fine I, I i forgive but but actually mean it in in your prayer you know right right now i right now i want to invite you to take a minute take one minute in silence think about the people who you are holding grudges against who you have maybe hurt or who have hurt you i want you, i want you to think about those people i want you to think about what has happened Maybe the love that you shared. I want you to just take a minute or two to, 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 to bring that in, in, into your heart right now. And, and, and I want you to, to pay attention to your feelings, to your emotions, and to what your heart desires. Just so, 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 so take a minute or two right now to, to think about those people in, in your lives. Um, and just be, be aware of, of all that you are experiencing and, and, and all that you're feeling. Now I, I, I want us all to, to, to take all of this and, and, and give it over to Jesus. I want to, in, I want to invite all of us to, to put ourselves in, in, into this embrace of the Father here. Listen to him as he says, so you know, I, I, I know you're in pain. I know you're hurt. And I know you're suffering. And I know, and I know it is so hard and, 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 and so difficult sometimes to forgive. I know that. But we also know, I, I, we also know that, that we're called to forgive. And that un unless you forgive, my Heavenly Father will not forgive us. I want you to, to bring that to Jesus. Bring, 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 bring those unresolved questions and pain and grudges. I, I, I want you right now, I want you to, to bring that to Jesus. And I and I invite you in in your own words, in the sense of your own heart, to to ask the Lord to 
to give you the strength and the courage and, and the grace to, to forgive. To forgive. And then the spirit moves you. I, I even dare say in your own heart, say, in Jesus' name, I forgive so-and-so for doing so-and-so. In Jesus' name, I, I forgive Billy for, for hurting me by those unkind words and, and lies that he may have spread about me. Whatever it may be. If you, if you feel so moved by the Spirit, I, I encourage you to, to bring that to the Lord right now, that in Jesus' name, you forgive whoever it may be. Alrighty. So now we've come to the con come to the end of our um, of our three part series. We we first met at the departure when the younger son asked the father for his share of the inheritance. Um, seemingly, you know being free, being able to live his life, to be who he wants to be. But then later finds himself in mud, fighting with the pigs for food. And then coming to the realization that, that, that he has a father at home who, who loves him. And then he goes back. And then he encounters his father who embraces him, who runs to him, who kisses him. And who sacrifice the fattened calf because of this joyful event. And today we, we see the older son who comes back from his field, his distant country. And he encounters the father in a way that is very different from the younger son. He is distant. He rejects the father. And he doesn't know his father because he all he knows is that he is a worker. He is a worker. And but the father invites. The father invited and pleaded with the older son to come and celebrate. And that is where the parable ended. And so we all take journeys in, in, in our lives, right? Whether it may be, you know, physical journeys, you know, kids moving out of their parents' homes to go to college, you know, or, or, or going on a trip, whatever it may be. But we must take these journeys with Christ. Journeys to discovering, rediscovering, journeys of pain and suffering, of growth, 
and also made the journey back home. The journey the younger son took was one of homecoming. The outer son is also called to this journey, but he is unable to embark on it because he doesn't even know that he has left his father. Although the, the elder son was physically home, his heart was far away. We too, my brothers and sisters, we are also called to make this journey home to the father so that we may be one with him. And that is the reason that Jesus came, right? So we can be one with him and the father. We can remember that by, by the father giving the son his share of the inheritance, the father really was saying to him who he was, that he was son. And by calling him son and saying whatever he has is his, the father affirms his identity as son. A father reveals and affirms. The father does this for all of us. He calls us his beloved sons and daughters. And he sends people in our lives to affirm this, this reality and to reveal the goodness with which we are created. He does this again and again, time and again. And we need to receive it. And we need to own this identity. right? And when we decide to go away and, and go off to our own distant countries, we must never forget where we belong and whose we are. The world may be enticing. There are lots of things that will, call, that will catch our attention, right? And we will fall, right? We will fall. We will fall to temptation. We will sin. But that's not abnormal. That's normal. That's typical. That's, that's the nature of fallen humans, right? But what matters most, my brothers and sisters, is, is that we recognize this. We, we, we must recognize when we fall and we need to have that desire to want to do better. Just like the younger son, when he was in, down in the dumps, in the, in, the, in, in the mud, fighting with pigs, he realized that he belonged to, he belonged to the father and he didn't belong there. Right? And we must realize that too, that when we are so deep in our sin, we need to remember that that is not where we belong. We, we weren't created for that, right? We were created for love. We were created for love and goodness. And when we recognize this, we must ask for the courage to get up and journey home. We need to want to seek forgiveness and give forgiveness and to seek reconciliation. We must. What matters is that we, you know, we, we need to have the desire. God's always waiting for us. Right now in our hearts, he's waiting for us. Maybe it's been a while since, since we've gone to mass, to church. Maybe it's, it's been a long time since we've been to confession. Since we opened the scriptures. Maybe it's been a long time, but guess what? It doesn't matter. What matters is, 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 is what you do now. Will you open the scriptures? Will you go to mass? Will you go to confession? Will you forgive? Will you seek these encounters with our Lord? No, no, no matter how far we went away or how far away we've gone, what matters most is now. What will we choose to do now? 
just like the father who said, but we must now rejoice. We must do it now. What matters most is what we do now. In John's gospel, we hear um, that a slave does not n- remain in the household forever, right? It, but, but a son always re- remains. Do we see ourselves as the father's workers, like the son in this parable too? Or do we see ourselves as children of, of the father? Because if, if we only see ourselves as workers, as servants, we're bound to leave the house because that's not ours, right? It, 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 it's just like this. When you are invited to share ideas and to invest in a project, you own it, right? And 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 so you know, no, no, I, I, that's my, that's my project, right? That's that's that that's I, I, I put my hard work, I put my heart into it, right? In the same way, we, if if we don't see that we belong to God, if we don't see that we are His beloved sons and daughters, then we we will always leave. Because we won't have a home if we don't see that. We must know who we are. God reminds us to us time and again that we are his beloved sons and daughters. We must take ownership of the identity. And we must own it. Without this identity as sons and daughters, we... We really can't do anything, right? And if you remember in the very first conference, I mentioned about the inheritance, that by our baptism, we receive the inheritance, right? That we're baptized priest, prophet, and king. That we are heirs. That we are made for heaven. We receive this inheritance. So we are not slaves or workers, but we are his sons and daughters. We must also come to the realization that other people are also called beloved sons and daughters. And, and, and we must remind them of that. And being sons and daughters, what does that mean? It means we must be completely dependent on the Father. We must know that everything comes from the Father. We don't earn it. We don't. We don't deserve it. It comes from the Father. He gives it to us out of his love. We can't earn mercy. We can't earn love. We can't earn approval. By our inheritance, God gives it to us. God loves us simply because we are his beloved. Not because of anything that we do. I think we we often forget that. We forget that we can't earn our way into heaven, right? We have heaven because God gives it to us willingly. We're loved because God loves us unconditionally and from all eternity. And in fact, God is love. Right? We're, uh, uh, we mentioned this last week that and when we say God is love, we, we're saying that God's very essence, his very being is love, meaning that he could do nothing but love. And that is the kind of love that he loves us with. That we were made out of that love for love. And everything that we have and need comes from the Father. 
and 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 what does this knowledge what does this knowledge gives to us it gives us freedom now again freedom doesn't mean doing whatever pleases us that's not freedom right that's not freedom freedom means that 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 we do whatever it is that our identity um, asks of us. Freedom means that we are able to live, even despite our sinfulness, that we that that we know who we are. The freedom in knowing that the Father will provide, and that the Father will give to us all that we need, according to each person's state of life and stage of life. This freedom is also the truth that without God, we are nothing. We can do nothing. It is this very truth that sets us free, as John's gospel tells us, right? So in order for us to really live and to come to this freedom, we must have a strong belief and deep trust in the Father's love for us. And, and how does this trust come about? By getting to know the Father, right? Just like how you get to know your friends and your family and 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 your good friends, you 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 love them only by getting to know them first, right? To know, love, and serve, right? And so we must want to nurture this relationship with the Father. Do we have a strong relationship with the Father or not? This Prayer life is essential. And again, prayer isn't about, you know, reciting words like the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the, the Glory Be, the Rosary. No. Prayer is much more than that. Prayer is that intimate one-on-one -on -one with the Father. Prayer is even sometimes being upset with him. Say, Lord, I am upset. I am angry with you. I am hurt because of X, Y, Z. That is prayer too. And we can only experience this when we encounter him, and it is in prayer that we can encounter him. So my brothers and sisters, this Lenten season, as we continue with this Lenten season, let us always remember that, that we are called to love. We're called to forgive. We're called to, to really see ourselves as sons and daughters. And that in that all that we do must, or must originate in the Father. And, and that even when we depart from the Father, we will always be drawn back to him, to encounter him. And he always invites us back time and again, even when we did not deserve it. Because, again, his love isn't earned, it's simply given simply given because he calls us his beloved. And so <clears throat> I hope these three parts have been spiritually enriching and that you were able to to really see this parable in a very different way and 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 to explore maybe the areas of our own lives that that need healing, you know? And you know and it, it you know, we, we, we will see ourselves sometimes as, as a younger son, of course. But we also see ourselves as the older son, right? 
But we're called really to be the father. We're called to be the father, to love, to affirm, and to always invite and to love. So thank you for joining me this past three weeks. So and 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 let's just close with prayer before uh, we 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 go into any questions. Okay, all right. Let us pray. <clears throat> God, our heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of, of of this time together. We thank you for the gift of our faith, for the gift, the gift of of our family and friends. But most importantly, we thank you for the gift of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for opening our hearts and our minds. We thank you for loving us even when we turn away from you. We thank you for your mercy that you continue to show us even when we sin and turn away from you time and again. We thank you for always coming out to plead with us, to meet us, and to bring us to yourself. God, our Father, you who brought the Israelites from Egypt through the Red Sea and into the land that you have promised them. And again, you who brought them out of Babylon Babylon and Assyria back in to the land that you promised them. We ask you to bring us out of our places of darkness. We ask you to bring us out of the places that, that lead us to sin and bring us into the place of light. Bring us home to you so that we may be with you and your Son and Holy Spirit, who are God forever and ever. Amen. Father and Son and Holy Spirit. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.